Ellis, Bush to Cleveland. Cleveland with the kill, and that will wrap it up. Now Bush goes outside. Chin the swing and the kill. Matty Chin, the Boilermakers have done it. Purdue upsets number three, Ohio State, inside Holloway Chin. Newton able to keep it up. Here's Ellis trying to end it. And she does. Purdue upsets Wisconsin at home. Welcome back to the Dig City Podcast after a bit of a hiatus here while uh, while they made it through the spring season. Uh, we're finally back to sort of wrap up the spring action. I'm Corey Palm alongside head coach Dave Shondell. Coach, uh, before we dive in, and we've got lots of stuff to talk about here today as, as we recap the spring and look forward to the summer and fall, uh, how you doing? Well, I'm doing really well. Um, and this isn't a, a Purdue thing, but uh, how about that Ball State men's volleyball team uh, winning the MIVA conference uh, for the first time in 20 years and uh, getting the number two seed in the NCAA tournament. Uh, just, a, just an unbelievable story. New, new coach there for the first year, Donan Cruz. Uh, you know, my father who started the program and coached there for 35 some years, passes away, you know, three, four months ago. And it's been like magical ever since. <laughs> and uh, I just know he's he's tickled to death up there, you know, watching watching what's going on. So good luck to Ball State as as they pursue continue to pursue greatness, and they've got a you know a nice opportunity to to, to make some noise at Pauley Pavilion. Make some chirps. Yep, chirp, chirp. Be heard uh, nationwide. It's yep. it's great. It's you know as an alum of of that school and that program, of course, yeah. to be able to enjoy that. It's. It's also, uh, it's kind of a blessing, I think, that maybe Purdue doesn't have a men's volleyball team so that you can unabashedly cheer yeah, for, for I wish Cardinals. I wish Purdue did have a men's for volleyball sure. team because it's uh, the fastest growing sport in the country for men right now. And it's a great opportunity to, to have a team that could compete at the national level. Uh, rather mm-hmm. easily, but um, no, it's, it's still, it's still uh, fun to watch Ball State and uh, uh, unfortunately, the only this kind of goes back to another thing we may or may not talk about, but the only match that's going to be televised is a championship match. Wow! So they've got seven teams. Only seven teams go to the NCAA tournament for men's volleyball. Uh, the only match televised by ESPN will be the championship match. So you better get out your money to pay for you know whatever streaming uh, system is going to be running it. But we'll do that, and we'll still enjoy it. We'll have it up on a big screen somewhere and uh, and watch Ball State volleyball. No doubt, no doubt. Let's uh, let's get a little closer to home. You just yeah, please. Recently wrapped the spring season. Um, I noticed in our notes uh, before the show, you called it the the spring training block, uh-huh. um, which is is probably a, certainly a better way to, to refer to it than the spring season. You know, it's mostly practice, yeah. and even the games are, you know, practice-minded in that uh, the results sort of matter as, as yeah, any competition they, does, but, but yeah. you're focused on more important stuff. You're exactly right in how you describe that. It's, it's all about getting individuals better, developing, you know, their skill set, but within a team's um, objectives as well. And uh, we did a lot of team play. We have a lot of. We had fourteen players. That's a big. That's a big squad. It's a big spring. squad, but not many of them had seen a lot of court action. Probably Skimmerhorn and Colvin, the two that had played the most, um, followed a lot by um, 
the three-headed hydra, as we used to refer to them. I'll probably stop doing that. But, um, you know, Maddie Chen and Maddie Cook and Emma Ellis, who shared that, that one spot. But outside of that, it was a lot of players playing for the very first time, which was really fun. And our, our first match, uh, of course, we trained probably for about three months after Christmas before we played anybody. And we played Ball State, who went to the second round of the NSA tournament and had match point in the fifth set against them but couldn't close the deal. Mm-hmm. Overall, we did not play very well in that match, but it was a great way to start. Yeah. You know, you don't want to be great when, on the first match. Um, but uh, then we came back and had some time off because Illinois had to cancel two matches with us because they had some health issues over there. And our next match was with Kentucky, who won the national championship exactly a year ago mm-hmm. in the COVID season. And then we're upset by Illinois in the Sweet 16 this past year. But they're very, very talented. And we played them point for point. Uh, we lost the match. We played them really, really close. Mm-hmm. And they've got some big timers. They're going to be really good um, next year. And then we finished up at a tournament down in Indianapolis, or in Plainfield, actually. And... Uh, played re- really well against Illinois State, who we had beaten in uh, the NCAA tournament in the first round, and we, we swept them. Uh, then we played Miami of Ohio, who's been a pretty good MAC team, and we swept them. Then we played Western Kentucky, who has virtually everybody back except maybe their setter um, on their team. So it's like two, two opposites you know, yeah. playing each other. You know, we've got virtually maybe one starter back, if you would consider Raven, you know, since he started late in the year. Mm-hmm. That would be the only starter we would have back and a bunch of, um, you know, green peas out there. But yet we played them point for point. I think we got beat 31-29, 25-23. And, and again, we we were okay, um, but we, we made a lot of progress. Yeah. This, was a, this was a very enjoyable spring season, the first spring season that we've had. In, in two years, we lost the one and then played a season in the other one. So right. this is the first time we've had a spring training season in a long time. You don't realize, I would imagine, how much you miss it, both yeah. you know in, in, in product and, and team development, but also off-the-court development and that extra time. It's, it's really more enjoyable than the fall because you don't have all the pressure of having to win and, and, and be on the road and travel and prepare. And you can just you can coach, you can train, you can develop. And, and, and not only develop um, skills of your players, but develop relationships as, as well during that time. And I like to come in and really spend the first 20 or 30 minutes of practice just not involved in, in the drills, but talking to players mm-hmm. and just seeing how they're doing, checking in with them and uh, things like that. Mm-hmm. So. You, Sometimes you can't do that as, as easily in the fall, but you can here during the springtime. I love that you say you, you get to coach a little bit more. You get to focus on that aspect of the job instead of getting, you know, getting sucked into film and yeah, scout reports and, exactly. you know, game prep. Uh, you're teaching the game, yeah. teaching the fine points. And, and as a coaching staff, getting a chance to do that in the spring, you, the, the, we go into year – 975 of this coaching staff being together. <laughs> 20. 20. Year 20 of this coaching staff yeah. being yeah. together. It's, it's, it's got to be, you know, great to have that continuity on the staff, but also yeah. really refreshing when you get a new crop of, of student athletes to work with and, and sort of it yeah. just revitalizes everything. It's the best part of the job. Um, that's why we're, you know, we're teachers and coaches, and, and that's what we're going to do. And I feel like we do it really, really well. And, yeah, we, we do have 
um, an awareness of what each person's strengths are, and we kind of let them do their thing. But it's also not too late to try to make people better at other things. And that's as a head coach, that's your job, is, is not to just let it go status quo, mm -hmm. um, but yet find ways to better everybody in your, in your program the, the best that you can, um, whether they're the assistant coach or whether they're the manager or a volunteer coach or anyone else on your support staff. We all have to improve. Um, we're not good enough yet. You know, there's no national championship trophy mm -hmm. um, anywhere around here. Um, and so we're not good enough yet, and we want to continue to, to reach for the stars. We, I did, you know, share this um, with our staff earlier that there's only been the last two years, there's only four programs that have outperformed us in, uh, in the NCAA tournament, and that's Nebraska, Wisconsin, um, Texas, and Pitt. Mm -hmm. uh, outside of that, we're fifth in the last two years based on those elite eight finishes and really in the last five or six years we're in the top top 10 mm -hmm. um, so you know it's fair to say we've you know gotten to a point where we're clearly a top 10 program that's not enough and uh, even though we lost a boatload of players uh, to graduation and, and super seniors who are finishing their time here we've got people coming and uh, we're excited about what lies ahead we'll get to that uh, in just a second before we get too yep. far away from spring um, you mentioned the tournament at, you know, at, at Circle City Club yeah. in Plainfield. You also played at the Academy in yes. NND and at uh, Providence High School. Yeah. I mean, how cool is it to sort of get out of the college gyms and get back to where, where a lot of these girls grew, yeah. grew their game, grew up playing this game? I think it's super productive for us to do that, uh, to tour the state a little bit and get out to where some people may not be able to see you as easily. I would like to do that every year. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just it's not as easy as it sounds to set that schedule up, but to play, whether they're in-state programs or just outside the state, and, and try to get out and, and play at, 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 whether it's a club. The, the big crowd we had was at Providence, where they had you know over 2,000 people, and they were all there half an hour before the match started because they're that fired up. And that's kind of the horning factor as well, you yeah. know. But they also like Kentucky down in southern Indiana a little bit. So uh, it, was, it was a great place to play that match. And, and of course, the staff at Kentucky and our staff uh, are very friendly with each other. And, and uh, so it's, it's nice to see them as well. But also going to those clubs is fun. Um, like you say, both uh, the clubs that we went to have produced Boilermakers. And so you always want to keep that connection going the best you can as well. Looking ahead a little bit, uh, the, the, the current team is going to change between now and the fall mm -hmm. uh, just a little bit. You've got incoming freshmen coming in. You've got a few transfers yeah. coming in as well. Uh, let's talk about the transfer portal. I know it's gotten, from an outsider's perspective, pretty hectic at times or seems pretty hectic, but uh, you've been able to, 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 to win in the transfer portal a few uh, times this offseason. Let's let, Talk about yeah, that we, process. We've, we've not been a big player in the portal. Um, you know, I hadn't been around forever, but it's probably two and a half years, three years old. And we, we haven't needed to hit the portal for anything. But uh, we did have a couple of kids that contacted us early um, that were um, wanting to leave their school and were on the portal. And Emily Brown, who's from McCutcheon, uh, came in from Missouri. She'd been in the libero the last couple of seasons at uh, at Missouri, and so she came in, local kid, and uh, and that was great. And then, in a similar deal, um, Valen Seifer 
Grace Balancefer from Northern Illinois, also a McCutcheon grad, um, has been announced that you know she'll be here this summer, mm-hmm. and is a as a really quality setter. So it's, it's going to be good to have her. And then uh, somebody we really needed was uh, Hannah Clayton, who's a four-year starter at Iowa. And when Taylor Trammell opted to go on the portal, really the first person we've ever had enter the portal. Um, she landed at Penn State, which is good for her. I, I, I love Taylor Trammell. I, I don't know to this point why she went on the portal, to be honest, but um, she did, and you have to respect that. And like I, I mentioned, she's a really good player, and she'll have uh, a couple more years to, to get after it at Penn State. But we had to get a middle. Hannah Clayton is somebody that I was familiar with because she was a club teammate of Grace Cleveland. and I, We played against her for four years, so we prepared for her all the time. Yep. She can do a lot of really good things, and, and she will add a, a really good element uh, to our squad. So that's kind of what the, the transfer thing is. Well, we also have what appears to be two players that are, are, are going to move out um, off our squad right now, Savannah Chacon is going to transfer she's on the portal and she's just looking for an opportunity to get more serious playing time and the same would be said uh, for molly brown um, that molly is going to go and um, and test the waters and, and see what she can she can find and it's mostly just the fact that they they needed to play they both have been here for two years yeah. and you know I, the daylight wasn't necessarily for sure here and so our conversation was that we'll support you anyway, and uh, so they're they're on the portal. So I think our fans, you know, uh, deserve to know what, what's happening there, and then we can get into the the freshmen. If although we've already talked about them a little bit, haven't we've we? We talked about them a little bit when they committed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, maybe from a from a, a whole roster perspective, yeah. Um, of of the newcomers, who do you expect to, both the transfers and the and the freshmen? Who do you expect to? To make a big impact. Yeah, really tough question. Put me on the spot there with that one, Corey, which uh, should be expected. Um, I think Hannah Clayton, um, you know, is is going to fill a spot. But Lourdes Myers has blown up this spring um, and has really. I mean, again, she's a high, physically talented player mm-hmm. as far as just long and, and athletic and great arm and natural blocker so she's she she sat two years and didn't play yeah she's actually had a had a medical red shirt and a regular red shirt so she's got four years to play so it's like having a high school senior in your gym right and you're looking at her thinking holy catfish <laughs> you know we're, we're gonna have a player and uh but she'll compete with clayton probably for uh that second uh middle hitting spot which is which is exciting mm-hmm. Um, I do think we've got two outside hitters that are coming in as freshmen that will be Big Ten ready. Uh, and that's uh, Brielle Warren, who just finished her club season out at Phoenix at the Nationals, and she played really well. And uh, then there is uh, Eva Hudson, who was a late signee that had committed and signed National Letter of Intent at Notre Dame, but with a coaching change opened up, I think, uh, the best senior in the state of Indiana. Uh, we're fortunate that. Um, you know, we were able to get back in the game with her, and those those two will compete for time. There's no doubt about that. Um, and then Balan Seifer, who is uh, you know the transfer as a setter, you know, will certainly compete, but it's going to give us another really really good setter. And then uh, Emily Brown's been here all spring mm-hmm. and made a lot of progress. So 
hope that answers your question without you know me putting my foot in my mouth. You're going to make me learn a whole lot of new names. Uh, yeah, this, yeah this, this, this you're going to need a program. People plus. are going to need a program for sure. <laughs> so if you're the guy selling the programs, you might make a few extra dollars Love because it. it's some of those faces that have been here for for ages are gone, and, and uh, we're putting some new people on the floor. But uh, we will be better than a lot of people expect. Hard to be better than you've been back-to-back elite eights now within one calendar year is kind of amazing uh hopefully we get to the point where we don't have to refer to that all the time but uh back-to-back elite eights i know like you said this this is a top 10 program now and and that is the that's the bar you're always looking ahead and what to take the next step and uh dave i know part of taking the next step is staying involved with the usa volleyball program What's uh, what's going on in that uh, neck of the woods with USA? Well, you know, USA. Annie, Annie Drews will for sure be on that team. Uh, I talked to their staff uh, within the last two weeks, and Danielle Catino is somebody that uh, they're hoping to get. She had broken her hand in Brazil okay. and did not was not able to play in their, their championships down there. Uh, if she heals, they're hoping to get her some opportunities in this Volleyball Nations League, which is the uh, competition of, across the world that these guys are playing in. And, uh, and then Ashley Evans is also going to be out there training. And what events she plays in, I don't know at this point. But those are the three. So you're going to have like 20 people out there training. Three of them are going to be from Purdue. Yeah. So that's not a bad situation. For sure. Yeah. Uh, are those, who else is playing professionally still? Well, uh, Sheridan Atkinson right, uh, Sheridan. Is, yep. is in the mix. Blake Moeller's season, both their seasons have concluded. Ashley Evans is, I think, in the finals of, of the, the league She's in Germany. Okay. Azaria Stahl was, was still playing over there. Val Nickel uh, played here in the USA League. Uh, that's an abbreviated league. Um, so we've got six or seven. And uh, I know I've probably forgotten somebody. We went across them pretty, pretty quickly. Um, I don't know who it would have been, but um, we're well represented more yeah. than ever in the professional ranks. And, um, you know, I think that. that there's a lot of evidence that this this program can prepare you for whatever it might be. If you don't want to play volleyball after you get done here, you're going to have all opportunities a Purdue degree is going to provide for you, and also being a having a Purdue degree and competing in the Big Ten Conference. Mm-hmm. Those are those are pretty good resume uh, builders for you right there. But if you want to play on the national team, you want to play with USA Volleyball, we've. We've proven that we're going to have players that can do that. And you want to go across and, and play in Europe or Japan or Brazil or here in the United States, you're going to be able to do that as well. So awesome to, to be able to you know, have that be an opportunity to, to play professionally at whatever level. Yeah, exactly right. What, I don't know why you would, you would necessarily turn that down unless you just have something else you really want to do and love to do because to go play, like you know, Blake Muller's in her second season over there. Evans is in her about fourth season. But they're touring all across Europe. They're not just over there playing volleyball all the time. They're, they're learning the, the, the different cultures and, and enjoying life, and they're going to come back with money in their pocket, and then they'll start their, their career, whatever it might be. Right, and m- money in their pocket and, and experiences that, that money can't even buy. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, I know we've talked a lot off air about the state of college athletics, and I'm not sure we want to delve too deeply into that uh, writ large. Well, but uh, how about the state of college volleyball? Okay. I, and, and what, you know, what for our listeners out there, what Corey is alluding to is that aside from the portal, you have the NIL, which was kind of under control until recently. Yeah. And now 
um, you know, the amount of money that people are getting at, at, at certain universities where money seems to be highly available um, is certainly going to change the landscape of recruiting and transfers and, and how coaches and universities handle things. And Purdue is a school of incredible integrity. And so we're trying to do things the way that they've been described by whatever the NCAA has provided right, right. and what our university stands for. But in volleyball right now, the NIL, we, we have girls that are involved in the NIL. It's helping with their, their living conditions where they live. They get you know a, a better deal there. There's, there's different things that they're doing. I have not had a single recruit come to me and, and say, what am I going to get from an NIL standpoint? Not one volleyball player has done that. And I've been pretty busy recruiting yeah. the last year. Um, so it's not like that's at the top of their, their list of things that are important, which is great, which is why I like the fact I'm coaching women's volleyball. But in other sports, it's something where their, their people are looking at very, very closely when they determine where they're going to go to school. And that's going to eventually shake down to, to, to volleyball. Sure. And so, you know, we've been talking a lot about making sure we're prepared and that we know what Purdue is, is doing for these people. And they do have – as you know, it's the market or whatever whatever it's called. There's a lot of things. There. We're working really hard right now. We're going to make sure that we have what people need and the information is going to be readily available. That's still supposed to be done by the athletes. Right. The coaching staff, the administration, they're not supposed to have their hands on that. Um, and so it's, 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 it's an interesting time for athletics. To me, as a coach, you can have an opinion, but you better just do your job. You know, you better just figure out, okay, how's this going to work and how's it going to benefit Purdue Volleyball because we are a big-time program and we're at a big-time school with a lot of big-time alumni and a lot of big-time donors, okay? So we have to figure out how are we going to make it work. So we're going to be ahead of the curve and not try to be with it because if you're with it, you're pretty much behind it. If you're not ahead of it, you're behind it. So we want to make sure that we're going to be ready for that, and, and I know that we will. It's a lot like if you're in a match, and maybe you've got uh, an official who's calling something pretty tight. Mm -hmm. You can complain about the calls, but yeah. it doesn't change the fact that that's how they're calling yeah. it. Yeah. So you better adjust. But, I, but I, think, I think our fans need to understand that the world of college sports is changing, and almost overnight it escalated, yeah. in my opinion. Everybody's going to want a piece of that now. Sure. And so where that money comes from, I have no idea. All right. But um, nonetheless, we're going to be ready for it, and we're going to do what we can to, to stay ahead of the game because our goals are high, and the players that come here, they want what they can uh, get as an athlete, and they want to be successful first. But if that means you know um, benefiting and, and, and being set for the future, have at it. Along those lines, in the state of of the game, in the state of collegiate volleyball, you recently had a, a there was an article in the uh, Indianapolis Star and the, the Journal and Courier here locally in Lafayette about uh, some some other thoughts you had in the way of exposure for for women's volleyball. Yeah. Uh, I know there's some some things going on behind the scenes with several uh, high level coaches. I won't ask you to get into. Too much of that if you don't No, I, I just feel fortunate that they included me. Um, we've been having a weekly Zoom call with about 20 coaches, not the same uh, each week, but uh, a, a general consensus of, of people. And we're just trying to find out how we can 
better the game and, and improve exposure and uh, make sure that we're not left behind when we have the fastest growing sport. Volleyball for women is, a, is, is the most populated sport in this country. Okay, and I'm not sure if everybody knows that or not, but it is. Yeah. All right. And for the men, as I mentioned earlier, it's the fastest growing sport. So we're really in a pretty good position. Um, we also have have received a lot lately. I mean, the, the if you're if you watch volleyball, you know you can watch so much more volleyball on TV now than you ever have. But a lot of that is coming from these conference networks. Right. Okay. Like the Big Ten has blown up. They they've they've doubled or tripled their volleyball coverage in the last few years because people watch it. Right. And they want to see it, and and they're smart enough to figure that out. Okay, um, but we're not getting tournament NCAA tournament exposure, which at the end of the day is what really grows and builds the sport. Why do people love college basketball in, in America? Because of March Madness. Yeah, they don't okay? love it for those December games. And so <laughs> it, it's a big deal. And and we pointed out um, in the article that women's basketball, and which is fantastic, we're not trying to do to. <laughs> Eliminate any any games for women's basketball. We think it's phenomenal that they're getting what what they deserve. But they had every single game of the NCAA tournament, sixty seven games on major networks, tremendous. Okay, volleyball had twelve. Now there, there's probably good reasons for that. Okay, maybe the competition for airtime was different. But you know, Craig Skinner is a really good friend of mine. You know, gender equity was designed to help all sports, mm-hmm. not one. Okay, but all sports, and it has. Don't get me wrong; it absolutely has helped. There's there's women right now that are running corporations in this country because they were given opportunities when they were in school to compete and learn how to how to fight and, and work together and, and cooperate and, and and set goals and all those kind of things through whatever gender equity in Title IX uh, allowed for them. So it's been a great thing. But uh, as Skinner says, likes to tell me is, is that. Um, a rising tide should lift all boats. And, and and we're sitting here trying to figure out why are we the most populated sport? Sport's growing like crazy. Mm-hmm. Our crowds are, incredible. crowds are incredible. People love the game, but we're not, we can't get on TV yeah. like some other sports are. So again, we're not gonna sit here and whine about it. That's not, that's not the, the process. It's how do we make people aware? How can we educate more people about why volleyball is becoming so popular? Why are there so many, club teams playing right now that it's un- it's just unbelievable what's right. happened in this sport so we feel like if we can get that word out and and sam king was fortunate enough for, to, for us to uh to, to run the article and uh picked up by the indy star and and so that was good for us definitely check that out uh in the indy star if you can get a chance to 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 look it up sam king did some great work there and it's always fun to read about purdue volleyball uh, wherever you can read about it coach we will leave it there for now uh we'll probably take the summer off and let you get some time away we will try and do the same and uh we'll get back together in august sound good yeah sounds great and appreciate your time and looking forward to a a really good summer and what people also may not know is that we can't spend any time with our athletes during the summer so here they're going to have the end of april all of may all of june all of july where they're pretty much on their own now, luckily, we got some great leadership, and so I think that we'll get a lot done because you know when you look across the landscape of the Big Ten, there's going to be people in the gym, mm-hmm. and they're going to be getting a lot done. So, um, again, it's all about being ahead of the curve, not behind it. Absolutely. We'll leave it there. Coach, uh, thanks. Everybody else, boiler up.